This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Welcome to the Self-Talk Radio Show. Mind-changing radio. Become known for your brain and then send the elevator back down for other women to join you. At 16, she was misdiagnosed with an autoimmune disease and bedridden. She hit bottom, fired her doctors, and took control of her medical care. And now she's a best-selling author, speaker, angel investor, and shows others how to grow from me too to now what, from pitiful to powerful. Please welcome Robin Farman Farmian on Self Talk Radio Show, brought to you by Scribe Media. Unlocking the world's wisdom. ScribeMedia.com. Ready to write your book, but just don't have the time? Turn to Scribe Media Book Writing. Turn your knowledge into a book. Or Scribe Guided Author. Write it yourself with professional help. Learn more at ScribeMedia.com. Welcome to Self Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. My next guest is a professional speaker, entrepreneur, and angel investor driving high-level business development for cutting-edge medical and biotech companies poised to impact 100 million patients. And her story comes from humble beginnings. I cannot wait for you to meet Robin Farman Farmian on Self Talk Radio Show. Welcome to the show, Robin. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You wrote The Patient as CEO from your own experience. Can you take me there? Absolutely. So, I mean, the reason I have set my life goal to be to impact 100 million patients or more, which means I work on things like diabetes, neuro, sleep apnea, oncology, autoimmune, and infectious, right? Because those types of diseases can impact at least 100 million people worldwide. And it stems from my background as a chronic disease patient. At the age of 16, I was misdiagnosed with an autoimmune disease. By 19, they had taken out my entire large intestine and told me I was cured and took me off all medications. By the age of 26, this was seven years after five major surgeries, uh, they had me on 80 milligrams a day of methadone for pain and said I was cured, but I was a shut-in. I was way too sick to work. Being on those types of medications are incredibly disruptive. And so I went to my doctor and I said, I need off methadone because it's a horrible, horrible drug. And they said, okay, well, next step to, could be to surgically implant a morphine pump into your spine. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was 26 years old. I was a shut-in. And they were telling me that was the rest of my life. I'd essentially be on heroin. And I oh said, my gosh. No. Absolutely not. And so I fired my entire healthcare team. I went home that night. I dropped my own methadone dose by 40% and went through severe opioid withdrawal for about a week where, you know, basically you crawl across the floor and drink lemonade and eat salt. And like, that's all you can do. And I ended up getting off all the medications, rebuilt my teeth, got diagnosed correctly, put on a medication called Remicade, which is a biologic. And I went into remission overnight. Wow, that's incredible. Can you talk about the, the Remicade a little more? What, what is that? And do you have to use it to this day? Yes. So this mm. is a game changer. This is a class of drugs called the biologics. And they've been on the market for a little over 20 years. Remicade is the granddaddy, which means it is the very first of all the biologics on the market. And these uh, help all, most, a lot of autoimmune diseases, actually, because what they're doing is they're called anti-tumor necrosis alpha drugs. Tumor necrosis alpha in your, um, in you, this is like the precursor almost, or the beginnings of inflammation. And so what these drugs are doing is they're turning off inflammation before they start or, or very early in the process. 
so that what I have is Crohn's disease, but it works on things like rheumatoid arthritis, uh, lupus, MS uses biologics. So a lot of these, these diseases can, you can turn it off before you're, you're hitting a lot of symptoms. And I've been on Remicade now for about 19 years, which means I'm a massive Remicade success. And uh, it's an IV medication I get every six weeks. So I go through, it takes about three to four hours. And so three to four hours every six weeks, which is about eight times a year, I get this medication. So that's a nice trade compared to being bedridden for the rest of your days at 26 years old. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's why my goal is to impact 100 million patients, because I feel like I want to pay it back by paying it forward. Absolutely. Would, you know, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the doctors, pharmaceutical companies, payers, hospital systems, medical device companies, nurses, all work together, and I'm alive because of it. Now, when you when you wrote the patient as CEO, how do you know whether a doctor is telling you the straight story or you get a second opinion? It sounded like, if I didn't understand this, forgive me, did you get more than one opinion and they uh, misdiagnosed you? Yep. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. how did you, so how did you know what was the right thing? So the thing is, uh, IBD, which is Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, happens to be incredibly difficult to diagnose. This was not the error of hospitals and doctors. This was the error of, we just don't have enough insight into some of these autoimmune diseases. Diagnostics are incredibly difficult, especially when it's beyond just a simple blood test. Like there are a couple of diseases, you know, you know do you have strep throat or not? There's very specific things that you can tell. But with autoimmune disease, a lot of the time, it's a set of symptoms and a set of diagnostic data that works together to come up with that diagnosis. And so it's just difficult to, to diagnose. Now, you went from being an author, being a patient, being an author, you now are an angel investor. How did you, how did you rise from being bedridden to being well off enough to be an angel investor? I know, right? This is huge <laughs> because I just... Like I got my first full-time, full-time job where I was supporting myself only about 10 years ago. Wow. I know. And I'd never really had a full-time job up until then. And I was in my 30s. Don't do the math. But, you know, like I, I was in the equivalent part of my life that somebody who would also get, like, say, an undergrad degree and then, you know, get married and have children and don't go into the workforce for 10 or 15 years. I was in that same exact position without the family. You know what I mean? Um, and I just worked hard. I worked seven days a week, sometimes 10 to 14 hour days for about the first three or four years of my career. Because I knew it was with everything. It's always that front end that is a lot of work. And, um, and that did it. So I managed to make enough money to be an accredited investor, which is two different metrics. You can, um, but it has to do with your net worth or your income for three years in a row. And uh, as soon as I hit that, those, uh, those numbers, like one of those numbers, I was like, here's my money. And I co-invest with two VC funds. So they let me in on, like, I got in on a pre-IPO round for uh, inhaled insulin with a smart connected device and liquid formulary. This is a game changer in the world of diabetes. I got to put in any amount I wanted, even though the minimums were $150,000 for angels. But they let me put in five figures. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
I, I'm just I'm just blown away by your story. And what was the turning point for you? Actually, I, I got to take a break, but I do want to know. Everybody has that turning point where they they make a decision and it changes the course of that life forever. I want to know what that one it was for you, Robin. When we come back on Self Talk Radio Show. Think websites are old-fashioned, out of touch with your core audience? Think again. While your tribe may love you on Instagram, you may be missing out on a whole client base that searches for you on Bing or Google. Then what? WebHelp US built Self-Talk Radio Show's website, and I love it. Podcast uploads, open graph tags, SEO stuff, they do it all for me. WebHelp US, they even think of things like backing up my website, checking for viruses and stuff I frankly don't have time for. WebHelp US, professional websites for big picture people. WebHelpUS.com. Welcome back to Self-Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. My guest is Robin Brahman Farmian, and she is a remarkable author, entrepreneur, angel investor. She wrote the book, The Patient as CEO. She was debilitated by uh, illness, an immunocompromised illness that had her bedridden, and she went from that to being a major angel investor in the medical field. Robin, we were asking before the break, what was that turning point for you of that changed the course of your life forever? So beyond, of course, firing my healthcare team that day when I was 26 years old, that was a huge pivot, although I didn't know it at the time, right? I was just living my life. And then about five years ago, five to six years ago, I was better and I'm working in Silicon Valley and I started getting massively abused. Like from every angle, I was being bullied in the workforce. I was hitting uh, gender bias. I had an attorney who worked for one of the companies I was with. Um, the day he met me, within five minutes, he put his hands all over my body and picked me up three times and squeezed me against him in front of the entire all-male team who sat around while he was doing this to me saying, we love this man. He comes out drinking with us every night and we go and DJ until four in the morning. He's so cool. Uh, while he is touching things like my breast and butt in front mm. of them. And so I was like, I, and this, I mean, it was story after story like that for me. I'm a tiny little petite blonde and um, I'm very high energy. So I wasn't treated well. And so I decided, I, I tried to go the HR route and look into the legal route. And I'm like, wow, this does not work for women. It does not work. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to change the game. Just like I did with my healthcare, I'm going to change the game and I'm going to live my own life. So I created a five-year project plan to turn myself into a professional speaker, entrepreneur, and angel investor, literally step-by-step. Step. And, I, and I knew the angel investing part was going to not only help me reach my life goal of impacting 100 million patients, because I get to come in on cool things like vaccines and um, you know, oncology treatments, right? Like those are some of my uh, investments, but it would provide massive safety and security for me. Because if I was a celebrity for what is in my brain, right, for my ideas and my thoughts, then all of a sudden that gives massive protection. And let me tell you, the day my first book published was the day it was like a light switch. Nobody has touched me since then. Nobody has bullied me and nobody has been able to push me down, although a couple have tried. The clients now, you know, raise me up instead. Wow. That is inspiring. What did you self-publish or did you have a publisher for your book? So I have two books. My second book just came out, The Thought Leader Formula, which is uh, essentially my project plan 
built into a system for anyone else to do. And so that first book, The Patient as CEO, I'm self-published through Lion's Crest Publishing, which is kind of a, a new model. And mm. then this second book, The Thought Leader Formula, actually went through a traditional publisher. But they allowed me to keep my IP, which was incredibly important to me. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you, you mentioned that you're, you're involved with um, immunizations. I just wanted, what's your take on people who are um, kind of adverse to some of the vaccines that are out there? How, what's your take on all that? Yeah, I have very strong opinions. <laughs> yeah, right? It's, um, it's, they, it's definitely not black and white, is it? Oh, no, it is black and white. The way really? we practice medicine in this country is evidence-based. So, I, and, and every single drug out there has horrific side effects for a small percentage of the population. Every single one. If you're going through chemotherapy, if you're going, Remicade, that, that drug I take every six weeks, I can die from it. Mm -hmm. And my risk of, of brain cancer is significantly higher by being on this drug. So the people who are anti-vax uh, just are not looking at medicine the way that it's practiced because a vaccine even, and by the way, there are zero studies that I have seen that are re reputable clinical trials or studies showing that vaccines cause things like autism. So first of all, that link I have not seen and we practice evidence-based medicine in this country. But secondly, even if it caused problems of any kind, so does every other drug out there. So you need mm -hmm. to weigh side effects against, uh, against the benefits and the benefits of some of these vaccines are huge. Could you imagine, do you know what polio used to do to people? Oh, like we yeah. Eradicated diseases. So it's this vaccines are no different than any other drug. Mm -hmm. These people take ibuprofen. Do you know how dangerous ibuprofen and Tylenol are? Tylenol can put you into liver failure where you will die a very painful death over three days. Ibuprofen can cause bleeding disorders where you can bleed in your brain, you can bleed in your GI system. And these, both of those drugs have the ability to kill you. Man, so. that's true. So, and then it circles back to your book of, you know, you are the patient, you are the CEO, you are the captain of your own ship. Do your homework, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now you mentioned four easy steps someone can take to take control of their health. And, you know, once I answer that, then I really want to shift gears into talking more about uh, your second book. But I, I want to finish up with this because I think they're very interesting. Um, so what are the four easy steps people could take um, for controlling their health? First of all, first and foremost, understand you are the CEO. Period. End of story. Like, just because you got sick doesn't mean that anyone it's anyone else's responsibility to take care of you. Right. This, this is not the way the world works. You put in time and effort into your career, to your spouse, to your relationships, to your children, to your car, to your residence. Right. You are the CEO of all of those things. You need to be the CEO of your own healthcare team. So that's Definitely. step one. Yeah. Step two is understand that by being CEO, everyone around you, they are not gods. They are they are the people who are on your team. So just like a corporation where you surround yourself with top vice presidents and support staff and board members, think about your healthcare team that same way. And you can't, you're not going to take just your VP of finances word for something ever, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so why would you just take one doctor's word for something, especially if it's talking about your life? Your doctor has five to 15 minutes with you max a year. And you have your body 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. 
Tell me, why are you not in control of it? That's a very good point. As an angel investor, what I know that the, some of the companies you're involved with involve um, addiction, brain injury, dementia, and cancer. Yes. Um, what what specifically are the companies you're invested in, and why why did you go for it? So uh, one, where I'm vice president of BizDev, and of course I have early stock in this company is Actavalon. It's an early stage small molecule or preclinical, which means we haven't even tested it on mice yet. And what we do is we're repairing P53. P53 is the guardian of the genome. If you were to think about it in very simple terms, all scientists do not listen right now, but for you lay people, imagine something like a walnut and say the shell is P53. And when that shell is damaged, cancer takes over the cell and uh, the shell isn't protecting it anymore. Well, with P53, what happens is it gets broken. So it's no, the, the cell is no longer protected. So when cancer invades it, because it, it can get in there regardless of the shell, the shell P53 doesn't know the cancer is there anymore. It's unable to do its job, which is to kill a cell when it detects cancer. And so P53 is the body's own ability to kill cancer because 100% of us have cancer stem cells in our body right now. We just do. We all have cancer cells in our body. It's that our bodies are fighting it off. And so we are giving that the, the body that natural ability to repair it. And Big Pharma has spent billions of dollars trying to repair P53. This is called, this is like the holy grail of oncology. And so we found a way through machine learning to, uh, to approach it. And it, if it works, we could cure more than 50% of all cancer. Now, it, consequently, is Big Pharma coming after you because of that? Because that's no, a revenue never. hit, isn't it? Or no? No, no, that's not the way pharma works. So the way pharmaceuticals work now, uh, big pharma companies, is they outsource the majority of their research and development. Now, uh, what that means is they work with companies like us. They seek us out. We seek them out and we partner. They don't try and kill us. They want to get in on the action and we need them to because we have say 10 million or $15 million of funding. It takes hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars to get a drug to market. So we need to do um, not only significantly more rounds, but we're a team of like say 15 people to get through clinical trials, then, um, then uh, develop like uh, manufacturing and then distribution. Those things are huge problems in and of themselves. You want a big pharma to do that for you. So we are talking to almost all of the big pharmas who work in oncology. And once we get to a certain step, say uh, human trials, first human trials or something like that, usually if the small molecule has a good chance of getting through all clinical trials, they think using the odds, a pharma company will, uh, will go and acquire them. And so that's what, essentially what we'll do. We just hired the CEO, a new CEO, his name is John Hood, and he sold his last company to sell gene for seven billion dollars wow wow yeah. that's amazing what do so you could, yeah. what, when when you're oh. investing in a company when are you expecting your return on investment you know 10 if to you, 20 years it, 10 to 20 years really that's as an pharma. investor for pharma. pharma and med device yep that's what wow. pharma and med device does but these are game changers for patients first of all and second of all uh, the payoff, as I said, like you can you can take a company with less than $100 million of funding and get acquired for billions of dollars. Mm. So, so I you're really yeah. So you're doing the waiting game then. So, yeah. Is, yep. is that unusual, though, for people to, to say, you know, they're expecting an ROI in 10 to 20 years? Uh, so not in biotech and space. 
if you are a biotech investor or a space investor, you are 100% certain it's going to take 10 to 20 years to see any type of ROI. That's very interesting. I want to switch gears with um, your thought leader formula uh, program, because it looks like now, you know, you've achieved this level of success and now you're sharing the secret sauce with everybody. Can you tell me more about the thought leader formula and the workbook that you have out too? Sure. So what this is, is I took my project plan uh, that I've used to create, uh, you know, a professional speaking career for myself and I turned it into a system. And the reason I did that is because as I mentioned earlier, um, I've, I found it to be a solution for myself against me too. And, um, and now people aren't mean to me or bully me or harass me anymore. And so I wanted to give this to other women because I believe that the solution to me too is not what we're doing right now, which is calling people out and having them get fired and things like that. Not because they may not deserve it. Those people may deserve that, but it traumatizes so many other people. It traumatizes the business. It traumatizes the victim again. It traumatizes even the, uh, the accused uh, family and friends, right? This destroys lots of lives. And so instead, become known for your brains and then send the elevator back down for other women to join you because you had to crawl up the outside of the building using your nails. I find that so refreshing. Um, I'm having struggles with the Me Too movement because there's a key element that's missing in it, in my opinion, and that's forgiveness. If we can't forgive, you know, there's, there's certain things that happen that are unforgivable. I, I get that. And I get how painful it is. But if we can't move forward and say, you know, this, this behavior is not tolerated, it's not acceptable. I'm not saying give a free pass for the behavior, but forgiveness is something that needs to be in the, in the equation in my opinion, how do you feel about that? That is, in my eyes, an individual case-by-case basis because yeah. it's not society as a whole that needs to forgive them. It's the person who has been traumatized, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's not something we would see in the workplace, right? That's up to the individual victim to either find the help or the path they need to both forgive and get over this problem, right? But it sometimes seems like we're just coming after everybody with pitchforks and, you know, skewering people, whether deserved or not deserved. I mean, you know, it's just the way our society is. I'm wondering, isn't there a better way of us dealing with those behavioral missteps that people are doing? And yeah, I don't have an so answer. That's... I honestly don't have an answer. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing it out because I, I look at it and, you know, yeah, I can get behind the Me Too movement to a certain extent, but I'd rather get behind what's a better way of treating each other really well in the workplace so that we all come out on top. That I love your analogy of sending the elevator back down and bringing up other people to the top. You know, I, I, I love that. Living and that, in service. that is yeah. the answer. That yeah. is the answer. That is the key. Because if we have a whole bunch more Sarahs and Robins at the top working together, right, we can block, just like women have been blocked from the C-suite, these same women and minorities, because this isn't just for you know, women, this is, this is anyone who's faced any type of bullying or bias. If mm-hmm. we band together at the top, we can block those people from having power. Mm-hmm. Or right? just focus on our own power and, and empowering those that you know, are, are coming, to, coming for solutions. That's exactly what your life is. You're you're looking for solutions for addiction, for brain injury, for dementia, for cancer. You know, you're, you're a living example of that. And what better way to 
take the energy away from me too than to now what? And you're an example of now what? This is exactly, this is, you know, and I, I feel that that's why it was so important to talk to you because you are solving that. And I, I, you know, my hat's off to you for all of that. Oh, thank you. Well, absolutely. Now you said something, you said people don't pay for content. They pay for packaging. Can you explain that a little more? Absolutely. So if you look on the internet, it's very easy now to get lots of free information um, and, and, and systems or anything you'd like. It's, it's how you package that up, both your phrasing, uh, but, but everything about it, the way you, you create your messaging around it, you, the way you present it on stage, your energy level, what you look like, uh, what examples you use, that's the packaging, right? And, and that's what people are paying for. They're paying for the stories. They're paying to be entertained. They're paying to have a transformation or to learn something. But books and YouTube videos, you can get all that information for free. Right. So what they are paying for is your unique ability to get that information to them in a in a way that's packaged up really well. Robin Farman Farmian has been my guest. And when we come back, we're going to find out how you can work with Robin next on Self Talk Radio Show. Need to stop bad habits, start positive change and sleep like a baby? Check out meditations free at sleepmeditation.org. We've been speaking with Robin Farman for me, and, and she is a powerhouse to be reckoned with. Robin, where do we find out more information about you? Sure. Well, I am the only Robin Farman Farmian in the entire universe, but you can just go to my website, robinff.com, and I am on all the major social media channels. Okay. And also there's a free workbook for the Thought Leader Formula that you can download at Robin's website. Robin, thank you so much for being on the show. You're an inspiration. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm Sarah Spencer for Self Talk Radio Show. If you'd like to see our guest offerings, find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon Alexa. You can join us for the conversation on Facebook and see our guest offerings on selftalkradioshow.com.